Welcome, everybody, to your all-time favorite podcast in the world and arguably the most useful podcast in the world, as it has been said. Persuasion School. My name is Jake Savage. If this is your first time here, welcome. Grateful that you're joining us today. If you are here for the first time, you can learn a little bit more about me on the bio, whatever platform that you're listening to this on. But a quick snapshot that I say every time is I'm a former door-to-door salesman. I knocked on about 100,000 doors over the course of several years. And then I helped launch a sales company with some other amazing people about seven years ago. And so my job there was to build and train a national team of sales reps. And I was the president for the last three years. And during that time, we hit some fun milestones together. We we actually made the Inks list of the 500 fastest growing companies in the nation two times. So that was a lot of fun. And then in 2021, I made a jump. So I, I launched my own consulting business. I'd been wanting to do that for some time. And now I leverage corporate sales methods to help nonprofit fundraising teams win bigger donations, primarily anti-trafficking groups. That's what I'm into. Um, is uh, anti-sex trafficking, anti-human trafficking. So I work with a few groups there. And then, of course, through this podcast, we teach the masses how to get more of the things that you want in life. Everyday things like deals. I mean, if you're in sales like me, then great. Welcome. This is a place for you to sharpen your skills, but it could be deals, dates, donations, raises, promotions, negotiations, whatever. Just be more confident in your everyday conversations. And we have a lot of fun doing it. So, I'll either bring something from my 15 years of sales experience that can help you become a more effective communicator or more persuasive, or I'll pull something fun from the world of psychology or neuroscience uh, that pertains to this world as well as in terms of just helping you get more of the things that you want in life. Yeah, so that that's one option or option two. I've interviewed somebody amazing and we learn from them how they influence other people to take action since that is one of the most important and valuable skills in our lives. So it's Thursday, which means that's what we're getting into today. But we have another segment on Wednesday, which got some things to figure out there, guys. But it's called Whiskey Wednesday. We had uh, members of the show wanting to learn a little bit more about me and my life. So I thought we would do Whiskey Wednesday where I sip some whiskey, maybe something new, maybe something, one of my favorites. And we'll just chat either about stories from my life or what's what's been going on lately. And lately, it's been a lot of endurance stuff as I train for this Ironman here in September. So I've been having fun chatting with my wife, Alexa, about that or my brother, Andrew. So that's it's kind of the show in a nutshell, again, if you're new. And then we also have a weekly members-only Q&A on Patreon. So it's patreon.com slash persuasion school, $4 a month. You can ask any question. You can listen to all the other episodes of the other questions that other members have asked. Um, So that's available as well. Members only Q&A via Patreon. So if you got a question, jump on Patreon. You can send me a message or you can also just reach me through Instagram, Uh, but I will put that episode, the answer to it up on Patreon. All right. So that brings us full circle to today. Let's go ahead and let's dive in. So I, I've mentioned this one book a couple times on the show. It's called Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion. There are like a, a couple really, really good books out there on, on ethical persuasion and influencing other people to, to take action. This is one of them. I reference it a lot. There's just so many good studies in here because it is from the world of psychology. So I was rereading it not too long ago and came across an awesome study that I wanted to share with you guys. I think this might be a bit of a shorter episode, but it will be impactful just from these uh, these psychological studies that were done. Actually, at Harvard, 
University. So what we're going to get into today should be able to help you in almost any circumstance where you have to communicate. And I'm sure you'll be able to think of a couple as we get going here. But at Harvard University, they were testing the effectiveness of different ways of asking people for a favor. So what they did was in one of the libraries, there was a long line of people that were waiting to use the copy machine. And this was kind of a standard thing. There's always a line of people waiting to use this copy machine in this one library at Harvard. So they tried three different versions of this test of having someone towards the back of the line asking somebody in front of them for a favor or permission to cut in front of them, essentially to use the the copy machines. And they were trying out different versions of that request to see how likely people were to comply with the favor or let somebody cut in front of them. So the first one was just kind of straightforward. They had the test subject say to somebody in line in front of them, the words, Hey, excuse me, I have five pages. May I use the Xerox machine because I'm in a rush? So when it was presented like that, 94% of the people would comply and say, yeah, no problem. Absolutely. Jump in front of me. So one more time, that was, excuse me, I have five pages. May I use the Xerox machine because I'm in a rush? So almost everybody said yes to that. No problem. Then they ran the second version of the test where they had the person, the test subject say, hey, excuse me, I have five pages. May I use the Xerox machine? So they ditched, if you notice, they ditched a couple things there. One, they ditched the word because, and they ditched the the reason behind it of because I'm in a rush or I'm in a rush. So it was just, hey, I have five pages. Can I use the machine? Only 60% of the people said yes, which is is fair. You know, you, you've got pages to make copies of and you're waiting to use the machine. So somebody behind you says, hey, I have five pages. May I use the Xerox machine? I mean, it's not really a sound reason or any better than you. So anyways, only 60% of the people said yes to that. Fair, far less than the first one. Then they wanted to try a third version. So they knew, okay, if we, if we provide a reason here, people are more likely to comply and let us cut in front of them than if we don't give a reason. That's kind of obvious. But what if we just narrowed it down to only using the word because? Like what if the word because is so strong because it's implying that you are providing a reason. But what if after we use the word because, we just use the same thing as before, which is I have to use the machine. Not an actual logical reason for the need to cut in front, just bringing in the word because and changing nothing else. So this third test subject would tap the shoulder of the person in front of them and say, excuse me, I have five pages. May I use the Xerox machine because I have to make some copies? So not because I'm in a rush, not because of what it was like some other valid reason, just straight up, may I use the Xerox machine because I have to make some copies? So almost identical to the request before, which is may I use the Xerox machine? So when this test subject said that version of the, uh, of the request, Guess how many people complied? Think about that for a second. So in the first one, excuse me, I have five pages. May I use the Xerox machine because I'm in a rush? 94% of people said yes. Second one, excuse me, I have five pages. May I use the Xerox machine? No reason. 60% of the people said yes. 
Then our last one here, excuse me, I have five pages. May I use the Xerox machine because I have to make some copies? It's like just comical because there's literally no reason. All right, curious to see how your guess stacks up with the answer. 93%, almost identical by 1% difference to test number one. So what that test proved, this Harvard study, was that oftentimes when we ask somebody for a favor or if we have a request, they're not necessarily looking for a reason. It's almost this subconscious act of like automatic compliance when we hear somebody say the word because. Like just using the word because is almost good enough. Now, obviously, this isn't like an absolute principle, right? It's not going to work across the board everywhere. Uh, But this study at least indicated that that made a huge difference. So when I, anyways, when I came across this, this is like one of those things that, you know, you read in a book, at least I read in a book and immediately underline just because it blew my mind. You don't even have to provide a reason, just say the word because, and it almost triggers this automatic compliance from people. I mean, I think naturally it probably is a little bit more polite. But to me, the main point was this this automatic compliance, which the author also talks about in the book. And he he brings up this Harvard study to help answer the question of a friend of his where she she encountered this example of automatic compliance, which was pretty interesting in itself. The author of this book is friends with this woman who owns this sort of like Southwestern art shop uh, somewhere in the Southwest. And so she has all these different... Um, pieces of art, pieces of art from like Native American tribes in the area. So she had these like these turquoise sort of stones and jewelry pieces that would not sell inside of her store. And she really wanted to get them to move. So she put them in a display case and no one really seemed to care. And then she told her staff, hey, try to push these these turquoise jewelry, turquoise jewelry pieces. We really need to get these to sell because they've been here for forever. So then her her staff would try to get them to sell and still no luck, right? So these these turquoise jewelry pieces are just not moving at all. So she is about to leave town for some trip, and she writes a note to one of her staff members. Hey, while I'm gone, put all of these uh, turquoise jewelry pieces on sale at half price. She scribbled that on a piece of paper and left it for, again, her staff member to find this the next day. So what happened... When she leaves town and then she comes back and she just checks in with that staff manager, staff member who managed the store. Hey, how did things go? And uh, the, the person who managed the store said, great, we sold all the, the turquoise jewelry like pretty immediately after we changed the price. And the owner of the store, the woman said, yeah, I figured that would happen selling them at half off. And the, the staff said, what do you mean half off? I, I read your note and it looked like you said sell them at 2x the price not a one half. So she had written like one over two, but the staff member only saw the two. So she doubled the price with over the next couple of days, all of the jewelry pieces sold. So this woman was just like dumbfounded. You know, she had tried all these different things of getting this jewelry to move yet. Nobody would buy it. And then, you know, she even tried to sell it at half off just to help it move. But the only thing that actually worked was doubling the price. So that's when she contacted the author of this book, who is the you know a psychology professor, and asked him why the heck did this happen? <laughs> you know, like double, literally doubling the price caused these things 
to move. And so he started looking into it, but his, his whole approach was looking at the automatic compliance that we have sometimes as human beings, because we've, we've sort of evolved to identify shortcuts in analyzing different circumstances or opportunities rather than sit there and try to analyze something for an extended period of time. Again, we've developed these shortcuts in thinking to try to quickly identify what the best thing is for us. And one of those things when it comes to uh, whether it's shopping or just the value of an object when we're trading or bartering or buying something is expensive equals good. That's one of those automatic compliance things that we've developed. So he was explaining this to his friend who's the shop owner that as soon as you double the price of those stones, the automatic compliance trigger set in place of expensive equals good. So maybe the shoppers or the tourists thought that the the turquoise jewelry was less good or less valuable beforehand and weren't interested in it. So all they had to see was that uh, it was a little bit more expensive and then the value increased in their mind. Automatic compliance. And so that's, that's where he introduced this example from Harvard, right? This automatic compliance that came from the word because. Just using the word because. And so I was thinking about this in terms of examples from my own life. And I'll share one that came to mind that was crystal clear and worked like all of the time. And then an idea for anybody outside of the work world, uh, just a dating example for fun. But the idea that came to mind for me was spending so much time in the sales world. Um, I'm not necessarily asking for like requests or favors, right? Cause I don't want, I don't want people to feel like buying something from me is a favor. Like I'm asking them to do me a favor. That's that misses the entire point. My job is to demonstrate the value to them and almost make it seem like I'm doing them a favor. Some of you are rolling your eyes, be like typical salesperson. <laughs> but it, but if if the product isn't the right fit, then it's then it's not for them, right? I'm not going to sell something to somebody that's not going to actually benefit them. So avoid the eye roll. I'm not trying to sell something to somebody that doesn't need it. But if I do have a solution for somebody and it's actually going to help them, heck yeah, I want it to feel like I'm doing them a favor by providing a solution to their problem. So that's that's not, so I'm saying this because there are no examples of when I've like asked for a favor or request using the word because, but the first thing that came to mind for me was over the years, man, I've had so many people ask for discounts from me when I'm focused on sales or business development. And this would happen all the time at that sales company I mentioned in the beginning, Basemakers. We were like an outsourced sales team for up and coming food and beverage brands. Maybe you've seen Health Aid Kombucha or RX Bar in your local grocery store. We've worked with over 150 brands, but those are two that you might know. Anyways, um, my, my point here, my computer is starting to whir because it's really hot inside the studio. So that threw me off a little bit where I was going. Okay. So what I would do is I would contact the owners of these food brands or somebody that's a decision maker and try to sell them on using our service, right? And oftentimes, or even if they would approach us, it was an inbound lead or something, we would have this great conversation about how we could help their brand. And then I would say the price at the end and almost inevitably they would ask for a discount. And some people were, I'll just say it, like weaker negotiators. And they would say, hey, any, any flexibility there on the price? And it's almost like they're doing it because they feel like they should, not because they're actually negotiating. And I'll just say, nope, we don't do discounts. And they'd say, all right, no problem. We'll start tomorrow. It's like, all right, that was easy. But then there are other people that you can tell. They're like prepared 
and they want to be real serious and cutthroat and try to negotiate. And they're like fighting for their life uh, with this negotiation. And I would run into people like that you know, pretty regularly. And they would say something like, hey, this is really great. And we absolutely see the need for your service, but we will not move forward at the price that you mentioned. We just cannot do it. But we're ready to sign today if you can do this price and it would be a discount, right? So, man, I loved when that stuff would happen because that's what gets me excited, right? A little challenge, like, all right, here we go. It's on, it's negotiation time. And so I didn't have to do much. And I, I like thinking about this Harvard study now, it makes perfect sense. But oftentimes, and this is not going to be rocket science, my response. So maybe this is going to be anticlimactic for you. And you'd be like, that's it. <laughs> but it made all the difference. When somebody would try to drive that hard bargain like that and refuse to move forward unless we give them a discount, I would, well, first I had to be, I guess, technically willing to risk losing the business. Like there's a lot of people where you're like, you're like desperate and you're like, all right, no problem. Like we'll, we'll, we can offer that price for you at that discount if it means we're going to earn your business. If you're in that type of world, sales world or whatever you're doing, I would just, just hear me out and try this. Just hold tight. Just test this out like once or twice. Instead of giving in and saying, all right, well, if you're willing to sign today for that price, we can make that happen. Instead of doing that, hold your ground, be willing to risk it and say, well, say the truth. But what I would say was, hey, I absolutely understand where you're coming from. So excited that you guys see the benefit and really excited for just this potential partnership between us. I understand that you are looking for a discount, right? You've got your own books to manage. I get it. You've got to keep expense, keep an eye on your expenses. We're unable to offer a discount though, because we've never offered a discount to anybody else. Even like all the brands that you see on our website, we have not offered a discount to anybody. We already feel that our services are at an, like an exceptional value for you. So unfortunately, I'm not able to do it because we've never done it for anybody. And then I would just shut up. And I mean, I guess I didn't keep track, but it would feel to me like eight or nine times out of 10, those people that came in super hot saying they would not move forward at full price unless we gave them a discount, they would say, okay. Hey, I, I get it. No problem. Well, when can we start? And it was like this whole tough guy act beforehand never even happened. They just dropped it. So maybe they just realized they weren't going to get anywhere. Or maybe it was this automatic compliance uh, use of the word because. Hey, sorry, can't offer you a discount because we've never done that for anybody else. Boom. <laughs> so anyways, worth trying if you are in the sales world before you give up that discount test it, test it out for yourself before you knock it, hang in there. Okay. And then if you're in the dating world, I thought it could just be fun to give that a shot, right? Pretty simple. Now I've talked plenty about how I would approach asking somebody out on a date. There's a whole episode actually about it. And I recommended uh, asking a handful of questions before you, like if you're, you're meeting with someone or you run into them, wherever, party, bar, something, and you're just chatting with them, you chat about you ask them about what type of food they like, what type of neighborhoods they like to hang out in. And then later when it comes time to ask them out on a date, if you want to hang out with them again, you can actually bring up one of those restaurants they already mentioned because it's not going to feel like foreign to them or risky going somewhere unknown with somebody they don't know. You're actually asking them out on a date to one of their favorite restaurants in one of their favorite neighborhoods. And I, I suggested offering two different options to choose from. I still am going to stand by that, but I think there's something to be said for using this word because. So if you 
If it's too complicated to follow my first option, maybe look into giving this a try. So the example I used was, would you want to go on a date with me? Because you seem like an interesting person and I'd love to learn more about you. Pretty straightforward, right? Not really rocket science there. Just And instead of just saying, hey, would you want to go on a date with me and ending it? Try looping in this word because to tap into what we saw from that Harvard study. Hey, would you want to go on a date with me? Because you seem like an interesting person and I'd love to learn more about you. If you don't want to use my example, use something else. But try to find a way to tie in that word because and see how it works for you. All right, guys. That's it. Short and simple, but powerful. And would love to hear some stories if you end up giving this a shot. But that wraps it up for today. Guys, a couple things as we close here. One, ratings and reviews. They do help. They don't just boost my ego, although that's true. When you rate or review the show, you're helping other people get more of the things that they want in life. Because you're tapping into that podcast algorithm. The podcast algorithm gods are going to see the review. And they're going to bubble persuasion school on up to the top. It doesn't have to be a story, a paragraph, even a sentence. Just two words. You could put whatever words you want there. Or maybe even emoji. I'm not sure. You could try an emoji. I don't think the algorithm cares. But that's really helpful. So if you're somebody that listened to the show, you tried something and it worked. And you you got value from it. Maybe you got a raise or whatever. You can help somebody else do that same thing. Because when they're on you know the podcast app. And they're searching for <clears throat> something up this alley, you know, what, how to negotiate for a raise or whatever it might be. This show will pop up for them and help them get that same good thing that you got. So ratings and reviews go a long way. Another thing that I, I'm trying to bring up on every single episode is my wife, Alexa, and I are dedicated to fighting the good fight against human trafficking and sex trafficking. I brought that up in the beginning. If you're somebody that's been wanting to get involved, but you just haven't, you know, not not necessarily for any reason or another, but there are just like a million organizations you could give to. Weren't really sure. You stopped doing research a long time ago because you weren't sure where the best fit would be. Well, you can kind of skip all that if you if you trust me. You can actually go to persuasionschoolpodcast.com. That's our website. And you can donate right there. 100% of the, the donations that come through are passed through. So we give those to our partners here in the US and abroad that are focused on methods of prevention, and methods of uh, rescue methods and also restoration for survivors. So that's how you can get involved in fighting the good fight. Doesn't matter if it's a super small amount. There are a few hundred million people in this country. So if you only give a couple bucks, there's certainly a few other people out there giving a couple bucks and all that stuff adds up in the long run. So I would encourage you and challenge you to think about that, to get in on this fight. Lastly, man, I, uh, when I, when I first set out to do this podcast, it was for fun because I love learning about this stuff that I would share it with some other people. And I've had more and more people reach out to be coached, like listener, pers- listeners of Persuasion School that want to be coached and whatever it is from people that are in sales or marketing to people that are uh, competing in beauty pageants. I've met some amazing folks that listen to this show and we've worked one-on-one to help you craft your message to make it ultra persuasive. So if that's something that you're interested in, just go to persuasionschoolpodcast.com. That's where you can make it happen or just connect with me on Instagram. That's also the best way. So I'm, I'm occasionally, I'm saying I used to post a ton of stuff about communication and I probably will continue, but right now everything is flooded 
with endurance training stuff as I get ready for this Ironman in September. So if you want to catch me on Instagram and you're interested in learning about that journey, follow me. It's at It's Shake Savage. But regardless, that's where you can DM me if you have questions. That's where you can uh, connect with me if you want coaching or always persuasionschoolpodcast.com. All right, everybody. That wraps it up for today. Hope you enjoyed it. Have a fantastic rest of your Thursday, your Friday, your weekend, and I'll catch you next week. Adios. Adios.